0: And I'm glad to see a bunch of pounding coffee to stay awake because I saw a lot of yawn and I figure yawning and my speaking don't go together well, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, I got to just say, uh, Rich, Pete, the band, uh, just <laughs> awesome, awesome worship. Let's, let's hear it for them. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, as a speaker, we're never quite sure if we're on target or not. And the only way we know that is by a lot of prayer. And uh, it seems like when I'm with this crew... Like what Rich was saying just a few minutes ago about we don't know what you're going through, and then some of the songs we sing, and they're my favorite songs that I lead at my worship, tells me I think maybe we're on the right track, so that's pretty cool. And I just love the passion of what's going on up here, so we're pretty lucky because it's cool to just be a worshiper. Let's begin with prayer. We're going to always do that, okay? Lord, thanks for a great day. We're tired. Uh, We're a little uh, worn and weary, but pretty excited about all the cool stuff we got to do. I give you thanks for uh, showing yourself in the dusting of the beautiful snow on the pines. I believe you reveal yourself through creation, and it was just a joy to see that. But right now, Lord, I ask again for your Holy Spirit to be present, because folks don't need to hear from Raleigh. They need to hear from you. They're hungry. They're starving. And they want your word in their hearts and their heads. And I just pray you'd be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, We're going to talk about uh, renewal tonight in a bunch of ways. And we're going to get to some really, really good, awesome news at some point. But we may have to go through a little hell to get there, okay? So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Kind of words, right? We've all heard them before especially those of us that are graying and balding on top, we're wondering if that's an actual fact, right? But I believe it's true from the inside and out. I'm going to prove it to you, hopefully over and over. Seeing that you've stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being, not was renewed, but continually being renewed. And I think your weekend here is part of that, being renewed. in the knowledge according to the image of its creator uh, for the last 20 years, I've taken uh, high school kids and young adults and adults of all ages to Mexico on mission trips, okay? Got another one scheduled for March. And, uh, we either go down to the Yucatan Peninsula, we fly to Cancun and then bus into the jungle from there, or three years we've gone up into the mountains in Chiapas, which I actually love. I want to show you this, because this, I, I think, is a good starting point for us tonight on Renewal. Awesome joke, or whoever did that, you're reading my mind. Uh... This was a little town village. These villages, I like the most re- remote villages we can get. And we take anywhere from 15 to 30 high school kids. And this little town square had this old playground in it. And it was like somebody had stolen the children or something because it was just all rust and there were literally trees. I mean, look at this big, giant bush growing up at the end of the slide. And it was so weird because there were tons of kids. The kids were coming out to help us build their new church and stuff. But we couldn't figure why. What seemed like per- it was rusty and kind of weary and worn. And so one afternoon, we got, uh, we got done with our work early. And we said, let's get the machetes. And uh, isn't that cool to say? It? Machetes. Sounds way, way better than machete, doesn't it? We got the Machetes. And the whole gang of us, for about three hours, we just whacked the bush. And it is so cool what happened. Within milliseconds of us getting rid of the bushes, guess what happened? It was like Willy Wonka, man. The kids just poured out onto the playground. And all of a sudden, every ride was filled and there were gringos and Mayans mixing it up. And there was laughter and smiles and we put a little grease on some of these, you know, and later uh, during the week we actually painted them, but they had just atrophied. They, I, you know, I don't know how it happened, but at some point along the way, kids quit playing there and they turned to rust. And all it took out, to, it took to get it going again was a little renewal, a little cutting away of the brush, and the magic returned. Look at that. Just totally awesome. So I wonder if this playground is is maybe uh, analogous to our spiritual lives for some of us. You know, we, we can't remember when we kind of let go of it, but we quit reading our Bibles, we quit taking quiet times, and the weeds grew up and it started to rust, or, or maybe this could be your marriage. Tough one, right? Quit paying attention to it and got rusty. So we're going to launch from there, and see, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. So we're going to get into some renewal. Now, this is the brand new year, right? New year's resolutions. time to make it happen, right? Exercise. And I mean, how many of you have owned a treadmill? How many have turned it into a clothes hanging machine? Yeah, that's pretty typical. I think this is more like it, actually, right there. We're a little more motivated that way, right? Um, now, when I, I, I do use treadmills. We have one down in the basement of the church when it's super cold. Otherwise, I like it outside. But what I hate about a treadmill is it feels like you are doing what? You're just going nowhere. It's such a pointless thing. And nowhere is a horrible place to be. But nowhere is not so bad if you learn how to do it. That is all you and I are given today. You get right here, you get right now. That's all I'm promised. It's all your promise. So I ask you, are you living in the now and the here? Or are you worried about Monday or Tuesday when you go back to work? Because it's all going to play in here. What do we got a picture of here? Well, you guys should know, right? <laughs> Remember that guy, Jesus? Sound familiar, anybody? Yeah, up on Golgotha, he was crucified between two robbers, two thieves. And I think we're exactly the same way because you and I most of the time crucify ourselves between two thieves. We're either living in the past and regretting what took place yesterday, what we can't change, or we're so anxious, worried, and afraid about tomorrow that it gives us no peace for living today, which is really the only thing that we're given. And we're going to come back to these. I like this from Brennan Manning, one of my favorites. Preoccupation with the yesterdays and tomorrows of life to the neglect of the now and here. Well, nowhere is living nowhere at all. When my mind is replaying past glories and defeats or imagining unknown tomorrows, the music of what is happening is muted. When I spin fearful scenarios about the future, my agitation prohibits any awareness of the peace of living in the present in the now and here. And that's all Jesus gives us. Right here, right now. And I'm going to challenge you to live in that. And you and I as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, are the we ought to be the most people living in the now because yesterday's done deal. It's forgiven. Our future is secure. You and I know where we're headed, right? So it lives us leaves us free to live now and here today. Now, I want to talk about how God can renew us in practical ways because, you know, sometimes we talk spiritual stuff and it's up here and, ooh, but I want to get real here. Now, this is a, I'm going to read this verse and most of you are going to go. And it's never preached on. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God had men. See, I told you, put you right to sleep, right? And, uh, It is the only thing we know about from Jesus as a 12-year-old to a 27-year-old. That leaves a big gap. But in this little tiny single verse at the end of Luke 2 is some awesomeness. I'll, I'll lay it out for you. See, God designed us to be holistic. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. So he grew in wisdom what has to do with his mind, his intellect, his knowledge, this thing up here, your brain. And he grew in stature what has to do with your body and how you take care of that. And he grew in favor with God, which has to do with this spiritual relationship. And he grew with man, which has to do with the way we're created. We're social creatures. We cannot live without one another. Beautiful stuff. And I love it because this here, folks, is how God made us. And a lot of us think that being Christians is about Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, and it's about folding our hands, and that's it. But being a Christian is about Monday through Sunday, and it's about this entire being right here. And look at—they are all interconnected. Neglect your body, you let it go to pieces. It's going to affect each of these, and vice versa. So let's let's talk about the uh, the body here. Uh, I urge you, friends, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is so weird. It is a what? Spiritual act of worship. Do you think about that when you exercise on your bike or you walk or you run or you ski or you swim or you hike? That is a spiritual act of worship. I didn't say that. That's Paul. That's so cool. When you take care of your body, that is spiritual. And you've probably heard this one before. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with what you do with your body. You and I, we get just one of these. There's no Napa that you can go to for spare parts. Okay? Other than, you know, hips and knees, and they're quite expensive, and you can't get them at Napa. I want to encourage you to live holistically the way, and, and God's the one that invented it, not me. Now, let's talk about the brain. We'll get onto the mind stuff. This is so cool. Newsweek reported a study that said, What are the two best things that you can do for mental clarity to help your mind? Uh, be clear and strong Long distance, lifelong oh, who? Said our, our, our former nurse Right on the money it's all, God made it all interconnected The number one thing if you want to Keep your mind whole and healthy Is use your body Now the second one I'm, I'm, I bet you nobody's going to get it Meditate. Say it sister Meditate. Right on Who would think that the spiritual side affects the brain side, affects the body side. Why do you think God, uh, Jesus all throughout his ministry, J- Jesus left the crowd and he went where? Up on the hillside to pray and meditate. Every day he went to get connected because that affected everything else. That is so cool, I love that. Okay, soak it up. Do you have days you feel like that? <laughs> Look in the mirror, I'm a worm, I'm a maggot, yep. Now. Uh, Uh, If you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right, okay? That's Henry Ford, because he's absolutely right. Your brain decides whether you can do it or not, okay? And I like this here. It all starts with words. Words make your thoughts. Thought build your beliefs. Beliefs build how we act. We're doing a little mental health game here, okay? A man thinketh in his heart, so is he from Proverbs. So I put that gear shifter. Do you know that it takes the exact same effort To shift the knob into drive as it does into reverse, would you agree? You have a choice about what you put in your brain. And it takes just the same exact uh, effort to put positive, godly, scripture-based thoughts in your head as it does worry, fear, anxiety over and over again, okay? Paul says, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, any super old computer geeks in here? Anybody know what geego means? Oh, it's Pete's wife. Okay, thanks, Lynn. Awesome. You put, you put garbage in your computer, you get garbage out, and I would say uh, this is what a lot of us do, and I, I, I get stuck doing this too. It's the funnel feeding your brain, anger, negative self-talk, swearing, crappy TV, pessimism, fear, worry. How many times does Jesus in the scripture say, do not worry, do not be afraid, do not worry, do not be afraid, have courage. But that's the junk we put in there. So when you think about a problem over and over in your mind, that's called worry, anxiety, fear. When you think about God's word over and over in your mind, that's called, Megan? Meditation. Meditation. So why not take a cool scripture that says, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength, and read that over 10 times before you start your day. See, you can help with your renewal. Uh, Devil had a garage sale. This is related to it. And uh, yeah, well, you know, he was out there on Suburban Street there. And he had a lot of things for sale, all of his tools and stuff. And along came a customer and looked in the back. You know how we all have the stuff in the back dark part there? And the customer said, how about those three tools right there? I want those tools. And the devil said, sorry, pal, no way. Those are my three favorites. I can, I can take over the world with these. I can get all of you here self-doubting yourself. I can get all of you discouraged. I can get all of you afraid, anxious, worried. And I can neutralize what you're doing. I would say if you're stuck with this, and I get stuck that way too, you're a little closer to the devil than you are in God's word. What can you do about it? Change what you put in your brain. Social. Actually, you guys are actually doing something about that this weekend. Take this log right here. It's burning hot, flaming orange, and you pull it just to the side, two feet away, and what's going to happen? It's going to smolder, and with minutes, it's going to go out, right? Because we're created to be social. We need connections. We need friendships. We need family. We need church, and you've got to do it. I, sp- I would guess, especially guys, we stink at this, right? You know, we're cool. We can be on our own, but we we got to get together. You got to go out for guys' night. That's part of the way God designed us. Now, spirit. Oh, that's what we're going to talk about all week here, obviously. Read this. Life is dangerous. If you live long enough, you could die. Now, you're sharper than most groups. Usually there's about a five-second delay, and then there's a couple light chuckles. So you guys are, you must have had your coffee. We're all going there, some sooner than later. And so we need to take care of our spirit, but both now and for eternity, Right? And I'll bet you've heard this, but I like this because when we're taking a weekend like this, I think it's cool to take a look at this reflection. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came her date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the tiny little dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and how we love and how we spend our little dash. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, will you be proud of the things they'll say about how you lived your dash yeah a weekend like this is so great to stop the action and say am i am i being the kind of dad i want to be am i being the kind of mom i want to be am i giving my all at work Uh, a couple weeks ago it was right before christmas it was my day to preach and i got some really lousy scripture to preach on okay if you haven't preached, I mean, all scripture's good, but this one came up, and it was Advent, it was like right before Christmas, right? And so I was thinking, okay, Mary's pregnant, expecting, expectation, waiting, all this cool stuff. You know, there should be shepherds, it should be that kind of stuff. And I got this lousy scripture. At first it was lousy. It's John. He's sitting in prison. And when John was in prison, he heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, he said, Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should I expect somebody else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble. So here, here you got John sitting in a dark dungeon prison. And I got to thinking, Maybe that is perfect if we're going to name reality for a lot of people around the holidays and maybe even post-holidays because it's supposed to be the hap, hap, happiest time of the year, the most wonderful time of year, and if you don't feel like that, you feel kind of out of it like you're doing something wrong, right? And maybe let's just name some things because as Rich said, we don't know what you're going through. I'm going to name some because I'm guessing if we went around the room, we wouldn't have to look far to find somebody who's in a dark cell of one of these. Either cancer yourself or a loved one or friend. We probably got people in our midst that are grieving someone that has died, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a son or a daughter, and you're still in pain. Losing a job, bills that are higher than your checkbook. We got all these uh, natural disasters, we got blizzards and floods and tsunamis that wear on us. And I've got, got so many friends that have aging parents that are just drifting down this horrible road of Alzheimer's. They're just watching them die. Broken relationships, faltering marriage, and there's certainly academic proportions both in kids and all of us to depression and anxiety. Let's just name it before we get out of there. And if that's the way you've been this year, that's A-OK, God will take you right there. And here's the hard truth. I was interesting my church's reaction when I preached this. I'd say these are some hard truths. Life is hard, life is tough, life is not fair. We don't ever preach that, do we? Do you teach your kids that? I'm guessing not. It's not taught in the schools, but this is reality. Now, I had another picture I was gonna show you, but I'm gonna share something different that. You know, when you come to this event here, it's like you got one foot from where you came from the last couple days and you got one foot in this event. And Pete came over today and I shared with them what I'm dealing with. I gotta go do a hard funeral Tuesday, Thursday morning. I was looking forward Thursday and Friday. I had wide open just to prepare my talks for you guys and pray and get these nailed down. Thursday morning, 8 a.m., I get a call to go to the ER. So I go to the ER and it's this family. It's a super quiet family. A dad, frumpy dad, maybe a year or two younger than I am, he was in the hospital. He had something happen to him. He's got a teenage daughter, April, that's 17, and a, a man that's 12. And The two girls have long, stringy, greasy hair, and they both have bad acne and flaky skin, and they're super quiet. I know very little about them, but they're at church every week. They sit right there, week after week. I say hi to them, and that's about it. The dad had not woken up. The 17-year-old daughter, April, who's this quiet and shy and has zero self-confidence, called 911. 91 instructed her how to pull her dad off the bed, 260-pound dad off, and do CPR because she'd never done it. And then yesterday, he died. Okay. Life is hard. I don't know why God made it that way. There's some pretty icky stuff that you and I go through. That's the truth. And just because we're Christians doesn't mean we get out of it. And yesterday, I watched this April 17-year-old. I'm sure her dad had died long before, but he was hooked up to the ventilator. She sat stroking his arm, and for an hour and a half, she told him what a wonderful dad he over and over. Dad, when I wanted to go see Twilight, you took me, and you took me to the midnight premiere, and then you bought me posters to put on my wall. And I heard this daughter telling her dad over and over what an awesome dad he was. And I'm sure he heard it. It was a beautiful picture to me, but it was hard and ugly. And so I didn't get to prepare like I wanted, but I still think we're going to be okay, right? God will take care of that. And I'm going to go back Monday to the prayer service and Tuesday I'm gonna do the funeral. And I gotta figure out how to help these girls live faithfully through this stuff here. Now I want to come out of the dark. Uh, I told you I have a dike running next to my, my house, and one day I was coming, I was having morning coffee up on the dike. It's a wild kind of place outside that, and I was having coffee, and I came down off the dike and I came back to the pavement of my uh, my road that sits right where on a dead-end cul-de-sac and I noticed something absolutely cool happening. In the hardness and the toughness of the concrete and the tar was bursting forth these tiny, fragile, yet full of life thistle plants. There were like 10 or 15 of them. And look at, you can see the bits of tar from the struggle. This is hard stuff, this is what we drive our cars on, And these beautiful little tender yet strong shoots were overcoming the darkness and the hardness of life. I'm one that looks for God in creation, and this was God speaking to me saying, Holy buckets, buddy, pay attention. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace because Jesus is a straight shooter. He says, in this world, you will have trouble and I put underneath it, life is hard, tough and not fair, like I said. You will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. God did it the same way With our world. Watch this. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one, the Son, only Father, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You've heard that a thousand times, but it doesn't mean anything to you. See it happen. He could have come as a warlord, a president, a king, but He came in a tiny, fragile, yet full of life form of a tiny child to. Overcome the world, overcome our pain, overcome our darkness, overcome what we're going through. Yeah, God loved the world so much that He sent His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. I like that picture. God came into our world. He came down into our darkness to renew us, to make us new in those times of darkness and difficulty. I got one more before we watch a neat little. Movie, I gotta pull it out. This is a canoe trip we took up in Woodland Caribou in Northern Ontario. And uh, let's see, who could help me out? Jace? I got a little thing here. Can you define what that is for people? Uh, pine cone or something. Yeah, exactly. Right, it's a pine cone, but it's a very special kind. Any, any nature nuts? Jack you'll pine? Say it, brother. Jack pine. Yeah, Tom, right on the money. It's a jackpine. There's something so cool how God designed the jackpine. Do you know what it is? It does not open until there's a fire, a tragedy. So here we were parked. We'd been canoeing all day through this horrible forest burn. It was dark. It was dank. It was scary. We set up our tents. There wasn't even any soil left. But look what is happening all, whoops, wrong way, all around us. In the seeds of tragedy and hurt and pain and darkness, whatever you might be going through, God places things, people, events, coincidences that are going to renew life, are going to restore it, are going to bring it back. So out of that burned forest, the whole carpet for every mile you could see was jack pines. Who is it that overcomes the world and the darkness and the pain and the hurt? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's you and I, folks. We have the power to overcome whatever it is we're doing. God gives us that power. He plants it right inside of us. I want to close with a cool video. I don't think it's sad. I think it's cool. Okay, so ladies, I don't think you're going to cry. Okay, okay, sorry. Uh, it's so cool. Maybe you've seen it. It's this uh, doctor lady, and she went canoeing in, or uh, kayaking in South America. She, she was a professional kayaker. She's a doctor. She's a scientist. She, she uses her brain, yet she's a faith-filled woman, and she has this kayaking accident where she, where she gets caught. You'll hear her story. She gets caught. And for 15 minutes, she was without a heartbeat. She's going to tell her story. Now, the reason I want to do it is because you and I are Christians. We believe in something we can't see. And I believe that God gives these little, whatever you call them, life-after-death things, whatever they are, as little signs, little windows to say, hey folks, you're on the right track. What I say is true. Let's take a listen. It's really cool.
1: Dr. Mary Neal is an orthopedic surgeon who shares her medical practice and her love for outdoor adventure with her husband, Bill. In 1999, they planned an adventure that took Mary on a spiritual journey few have taken and returned to talk about.
2: My husband and I really enjoy kayaking. We enjoy traveling. We speak Spanish, we've traveled internationally a number of times. And so for my husband's birthday, I said, okay, this is the year we're, we're gonna do it. So we went to Chile for a vacation to kayak.
1: After a week of kayaking, Bill sat out the final day with a sore back. Mary and the rest of their group kayaked through a treacherous stretch of the river.
2: This is a section of river that's very well known for its waterfalls. These are drops of 10 to 15 feet twenty feet maybe which for an experienced kayaker is not a crazy thing I went over the main drop and as I crested over the drop I could see the tremendous turbulence and tremendous volume and as I hit the bottom of the drop the front end of my boat became pinned I and my boat were immediately and completely submerged The The volume and force of the water was such that I was absolutely pressed to the front deck of the boat. And I couldn't move my arms even back far enough to reach my spray skirt, let alone push myself out.
1: Mary was stuck. The only thing she could do was pray.
2: I very sincerely asked that God's will be done. And I meant it. I didn't say, oh, please come and save me. I really meant it. I asked for God's will to be done and at the moment I asked that, I was overcome by a very physical sensation of being held and comforted and reassured that everything was fine, that my husband would be fine, my four young children would be fine, regardless of whether I lived or died. And I believe that Christ was holding me when I was still on the boat and was the one reassuring me.
1: After several minutes of searching, the group leaders realized Mary was trapped under the falls.
2: They came out on the rocks and they kept trying to get to the boat, but the force and the volume of the water was such that they just kept being flushed through. I mean, they just couldn't get to me. At one point, they sort of recognized that it was really turning into body recovery uh... not so much of a rescue my body was being sucked over the front deck and so what that meant is when i got to my knees my knees bent back on themselves and i could feel that and i'm an orthopedic surgeon i analytically analogically was thinking well, feels like my tibia probably broke but i wasn't screaming i didn't have pain i didn't have fear i didn't have that sense of ear hunger. I know I've been underwater too long to be alive, yet I feel more alive than I've ever felt. And this is more real than anything I've ever experienced. As my body broke free from my boat, I felt my spirit break free from my body. And I rose up and out of the river.
1: Mary looked down on the river as she left her body. Then she was met by a group of heavenly beings.
2: They were absolutely overjoyed to see me and greet me, and I them. I knew that they had known me and loved me as long as I existed. And I knew that I had known them and loved them. And I knew that they had been sent by God. They began taking me down this exceptionally beautiful path that was brilliant and they were taking me toward this great domed structure of sorts that not only was exploding with beauty and color but it was exploding with this absolute love of god that was beyond anything I could ever describe or ever truly explain and I could hardly wait. I was absolutely overwhelmed by this sensation of being home, of being where I belonged. But just as quickly, there was this sense of disappointment that descended on everyone and the spirits who had taken me there told me that it wasn't my time and I had more work to do on earth and I had to go back to my body.
1: After what seemed like hours with her heavenly host, Dr. Neal returned to the river and watched as her friends recovered her body.
2: I could see my body being pulled to the shore and I could see the guys start CPR. I felt like he was looking right at me and begging me to come back and take a breath. Come on, and I lied down and I was reunited in the middle of a very remote part of South America
1: Dr. Neal had been gone for over 15 minutes perhaps as long as 25 certainly longer than medical science can explain her survival she was flown back to the United States where she slowly recovered from her injuries in her book to heaven and back she talks about how the reality of God's love has changed her for eternity
2: of the promises of God are true God loves each and every one of us and really is there and is working in each and every one of our lives that love is everything if we truly could accept that I mean, it, it changes everything it changes the way you view every moment of every day The fact that there really is life after death profoundly changes the way you approach every moment.
0: I just find that cool. I can't prove it to you. She can't prove it. I think God just gives some people a little window to say, folks, we're right on track. What you believe, what you feel is true. And God's got everything in his hands. He wants to keep renewing you, wants to bring you out of these dark places. Sometimes you can do something about it with your body and your mind, your spirit, your social. Sometimes God just has to do it to us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, Mary Neal's uh, story. It's just so beautiful. And uh, Lord, we give you thanks for your signs in nature, those beautiful little thistle plants. The way you designed and created jackpines pines to, uh, out of darkness and, and the terror of a fire to bring new life. And Lord, for folks in our midst who are going through maybe a dark cell right now where they uh, can't see a way out, pray that you'd show them, that you'd give them the seeds to that new life, renew their spirits, renew their body, their minds. And Lord, we just give you thanks for this wonderful night of worship in Jesus' name. Haman.